welcome to episode 90 of Sack King's Therapy. This will be the second to last episode for the season for Sack King's Therapy because uh, the Kings are unfortunately not going to make the play-in. So, but we will be having content, and I'm not going to focus on it too much right now, but we will be having content during the summer, so don't you worry. Anyways... Uh, we're going to go over the two back-to-back games we just played against the Grizzlies. Uh, primarily, we're, we're only going to talk about the first game because, honestly, the second game didn't really matter. Me and Fong didn't even really pay attention, to be honest. <laughs> so, The first game, this was a must-win for the Kings. Uh, the Spurs had just lost to the Knicks, and we had we won this game, we would have been right there. Basically, we all had to win, you know, the next two games in order to get to play in. But unfortunately, we did lose to the Grizzlies. Uh, it was a good game. Uh, Kings showed a lot of fight, but unfortunately, just kind of plagued by what their usual. Well, I don't want to say their usual problems. The game did devolve into I, what I thought was the Kings' issues, which was, you know, ISO ball at the end, uh, just jacking up threes, not getting a lot of offense. But a lot of that is because, well, they don't have a lot of guys available. Like, Rashawn got injured this game. Fox was out for this game. Uh, Marvin was out. Tyrese was out. Harrison Barnes was out. That's arguably your four your four best players right there, all out for the Kings. So, I mean, Kings were fighting an uphill battle all right from the start. Yeah, I mean, we tried our best, and, you know... We're just going to have to hope for a better season next season. So, yeah, we'll see what we will, what Monty will do during the offseason. Because I, we see a lot of good things from the third unit, I'd say. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll talk about the third unit because I want to save the good for later. But, it again, it just kind of devolves into the same issues. And part of, like, the optimist in me thinks that had they had Tyrese, had they had Fox, those guys would have stabilized the offense a little bit, get everyone in their positions, or Fox would just, you know, attack his guy because his guy usually can't guard him. Or Tyrese, like what he did against the Lakers and the Mavs. Uh, he would just slow everything down, get everyone in their positions, run a pick and roll, and create something. And, you know, DeLon really couldn't do that this game, but he was not good in the fourth quarter. Although he was, I gotta shout him out, he was good for most of the game, but did kind of crumple under pressure. But to me, it does kind of, it just looks eerily similar to the Spurs game where they play a great, like, game for about three and a half quarters and it just kind of crumble towards the end. And I'm just wondering if that's just ingrained into the culture, into the, into the Kings' DNA. Hmm. Well, let's hope not, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, we shall see. Again, I think had you had Tyrese for this game, I think things would have been so much different. You had Fox in this game, I think things would have been so different. And, and you know, Grizzlies had a, you know, a, basically a fully um, healthy roster, except for Grayson Allen. But, like, they, they were, like, fighting with their full team, and most of their team actually didn't play all that well. John Moran played like shit. Except he was plus 25, but, like, he was not good, I, I thought, during the game. And, again, like, Kings cannot, like, guard bigger guys like a Jonas Valanciunas. Apparently, Jonas Valanciunas is the best offensive rebounder in the league. He only had one offensive rebound. Wow. But, like, you know, the Kings struggle with size. They struggle to run offense in, the cr- in crunch time. And, you know, their defense is hit or miss, and they just allow way too many layups. 
like Grizzlies did not shoot well from three this game and Kings actually shot very well from three, 41 percent, but they just gave up way too many inside shots. Again, it's a bit airy just how they lose some of these big games. And I just hope that this is fixed by next year. Yes, we shall see. But, you know, again, none of this can really be taken too much, like, too seriously, just because everyone was injured. Like, again, the four best players, uh, Fox, Tyrese, uh, Fox, Tyrese, (laughs) Rashawn, um, Harrison, they were all out. Like, that's your four best players right there. Those, I imagine, changes the game, although, you know, the Kings kind of sucked with them, too. But, like, you know, you imagine to logically... Like, on paper, that helps you. Any one of those players play, it helps you. But, you know, we shall see. Honestly, I don't even know what to think of the roster, to be honest. Like, I imagine a lot of these guys who've been playing currently will stay on the roster. Like, Terrence Davis will probably stay on the roster. I imagine Justin James will be on the roster next year. DeLon Wright. Um, Buddy, like, as much as I don't like him, I think, you know, he has a place in on this team. And, you know, if he can accept his six-man role, that'd be perfect. But we'll see about that. What do you think of, like, I guess, next year's roster? Do you want to keep this exact same roster? Plus the draft pick, of course. But, yeah. Hmm. It'll be interesting. I feel like I want to keep most of them. Uh, But um, due to defense, I hope somehow we can improve. And, you know, I mean, we've seen stints of, like, a lot of great effort in defense, but it's just I want uh, we we need better defenders. And with this roster, it's hit or miss. Um, but for most of the guys, I'd say we would be keeping. Uh, I would say I want to definitely keep Delon. Uh, most of our starting lineup, and I'm, I'm not sure how Bagley's gonna be in the off season, so we'll see about him. Uh, Damian Jones, I would definitely would want to keep as that big man off the bench. And Justin James, yeah, definitely. We'll see how uh, he uh, improves and, you know, develops with us, too. And, yeah, um, we'll see about that. Well, let's go back to the game. Well, let's get to the positives. Well, Justin James was amazing this game. He... They had him running point a lot, which was kind of weird, but he was really good. Like, he made, you know, he's very solid defensively, you know, a rarity on this team. Like, you know, he pressured guys on defense, and just his offense, it was all there this game. He scored 31 points, drew not a lot of fouls, but, like, he actually got, he actually, like, you know, drew contact, and, you know, he has a little bit of a floater game going. And, yeah, he hit four or five from three. It was his game. Like, it's just, like, there were actually a lot of shots I thought were bad, but, again, it was his game. He, you know, he made he made them and basically was a huge spark off the bench. Yeah, he had a lot of heat checks, too, and, you know, shot over guys that, like you said, shouldn't have went in, but, you know, it went in. And, uh, yeah, he, he really kept the game up for us for, like, the most part until, you know, the last half of the fourth quarter, but... Yeah, like without him, I'd say this game would have definitely turned out differently because none of our uh, starters didn't. I won't say none of our stars, but most of our stars didn't uh, play as well. Yeah, Mo Hargos only had three points. Rashawn Holmes was injured, so you can't really hold that against them. And 
Yeah, like, he stepped up and filled a huge scoring hole, like, for the Kings. And it's unfortunate that we lost this game because this was the Justin James game. He was incredible. You know, he made defensive plays. He had an he had a, a play that you just don't see from Kings players where he's about to set a screen, but just feels – I forgot who it was, but he just feels the Memphis defenders, like, try to cheat, like, towards uh, – I think it was Buddy – and he immediately cuts back door for a wide open layup. You just don't see that kind of stuff from the Kings. And yeah, he brought, he, he was great this game. And it's unfortunate that we lost this game, but it wasn't because of him. Um, and yeah, like, you know, going back to the beginning of the year, I was really disappointed by him. Like, Dequ- well, when Daquan Jeffries came back, like he kind of just leapfrogged him for the spot. And, you know. Luke wasn't playing him much. I, there's, I imagine there was something like behind the scenes. He just wasn't good in practice or whatever. But like, you know, he's finally starting to kind of show out towards the end of the season, showing that he's got some. He's got something. Like, he, and we'll we'll talk about like the game that just happened. But like, you know, he has a little bit of floater. He was running point a lot, like during the third and the fourth quarter when uh, Delon wasn't on the court, which was interesting to me. It, like the, the fact that Luke can trust them to, you know, run point and kind of run a little bit of the offense, like that, that it makes me very kind of optimistic about his future with the Kings. Yeah, for me in the beginning of the season, I, I, I mean, I, of course, I wish we played our dirty unit a lot more starting off of the season, but uh, yeah, for me, I, I thought uh, he would have gotten more play time. Uh, over Kyle Guy and you know Kyle Guy just got more play time and you know Kyle Guy was still good in those short stints but I I wanted to see more Justin James and see what he had uh, but didn't really show until now and yeah kind of glad that uh, he balled out uh, this game yeah um, good to see him ball out just wish it came out a win and, you know, it's unfortunate that the Kings lost just because, again, they just kind of ran out of gas towards the end because, mm-hmm. like, they, they had nobody to play, basically. Like, Rashawn was out. They had to just run Damian Jones, essentially, into the ground. Like, you know, again, it, it's good to see that the Kings showed fight, but I I do worry a little bit just because, like, it just seems ingrained into their into the team like they just kind of collapse at, like a late game like when games matter because they were up like with three minutes to, about three minutes to go like i think up five or something and i thought i thought they were going to be able to hold on but they didn't and they just kind of again the same issues that they keep running into you know fouling too much not giving up offensive rebounds but like they did give up like i mean like they were not strong inside and yeah, I just hope these issues get ironed out. And yeah, um, hopefully, like, Justin James is part of that next year. Let's quickly go over the other Memphis Grizzlies game, the second one. Uh, we lose by one point. Although, you know, honestly, it wasn't as close as it looked, to be honest. But, <laughs> like, this was, you know, last game was the Justin James game. This one was a Louis King game. 27 points on 10 of 16 shooting. Like, he, show, he showed some stuff. He's got some ball handling. He can play defense. And, like, he can pass. He's got a good passing instincts. Yeah, got, I mean, kind of wish we played him more, too. Uh, and, you know, uh, from last episode, I think I mistaken him for a 10-day contract. Yeah, no, he, he was actually a two-way contract. So, yeah, uh, signing Louis King to a two-way, that, that seemed like a great idea from Monty. And hopefully he 
it has some sort of spot, whether it's the Kings or in the NBA sometime. Yeah, and he's that, you know, Monty archetype, you know, wing, kind of a wing guy that can, you know, handle the ball, has long arms, like defensively versatile. Like, I think I think he has a spot like next year as a two way. It'll probably get converted into an actual contract. We'll, I mean, we'll see, like, if we keep Mo Harkless and stuff like that. But like, you know, he would be a pretty decent replacement just for Mo Harkless. And he can probably back up Harrison if he stays on the team. There's a place for him on this team. And I, I think, like, you know, hopefully Luke plays him more next year because he shows some stuff. Yeah, another player I wish we played more was Robert Woodard. Uh, which he did play today for, I think this is the most minutes he played uh, this season. Five minutes, 30 seconds. Uh, didn't play too well, but, you know, I still wanted to see more shots from him uh, to get a feel for his offense. But I know for sure defensively he has that instinct where he could shuffle his feet real well when it comes to people driving to the rim. It's just a... Didn't, didn't get to see a lot from him this game, sadly. Yeah, I mean, I imagine we'll see more of him against the Jazz to close the season. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what is with some of Luke's, uh, <laughs> some, some of Luke's uh, lineups. He just doesn't seem to play certain guys. It's kind of weird. Like, I actually missed his stint, but like, there, it, he's got intriguing tools to me. You know, he's big, he's long, he's a very thick boy, and. Probably, like, next year we'll see him a lot more. And, you know, another kind of note, like, Xavier Tillman, like, he played a lot. Like, he's the guy we traded to Memphis for. And, you know, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, Tillman was not good. Well, he wasn't really good. Like, I just want to see what Woodard is because right now that trade looks kind of terrible, even though it might end up being pretty inconsequential. Yeah, we'll have to see future-wise. Uh, not really a shout out, but like, yeah, Terrence Davis, uh, two for 20 this game, <laughs> two for 18, my bad. But like, oh. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty bad this game, but like, it's a game that doesn't really matter. I don't know why Luke kept him in. Like, why not just put Woodard in there? Like, just go, just go full development. But I guess they wanted like a veteran out there just to kind of, you know, balance everything out, kind of lead everyone. But he wasn't, wasn't good. And honestly, he played the last 12 minutes. I wasn't the biggest fan of that. Like, you play a guy, like, you know, that long, he tends to run out of gas. But, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, not much to say about this game, to be honest. Like, me and Fong weren't really paying attention to this game for stretches. We were actually playing the drafting, the draft game, where we were trying to name um, the people that were drafted from, like, the you know the past few drafts. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, we, I mean, it was – at this point, like, you know – the season's over, like, well, one more game, but, like, there's nothing to really play for, so you kind of tune out a little bit, but it's good to see that these guys are still playing hard for the most part. Like, you know, they're not just quitting on Luke, and, you know, to, much, to a lot of people's chagrin, like, you know, the team not quitting out on Luke, chances are he's probably staying, for better or for worse. So, and he actually did an interview at the beginning of the uh like, right before the game, saying he's pretty confident that he'll return and honestly like me and you talked about it i mean if he gets fired this year i don't feel it's all that fair like what do you think mm. i mean we've been going back and forth on 
whether or not we should keep or fire Luke throughout this whole season. And, you know, coming from or going towards the end of the season, I feel like, yeah, he, I mean, he, he did his best to, you know, to try to win, I guess you could say. I mean, as a coach for him, I, I feel like he should get that second chance and, you know, we'll see for next season. I I don't believe he's like a super terrible coach to the point where, uh, yeah, I would say just give him the second chance and, you know, I don't think he actively hurts the team is, is yeah. where I stand. Like, I don't think he's a good coach or a great, or I don't think he's a great or, you know, it's arguable if he's a good coach. I think he's fine. But like this year, you know, from for stretches, he had to play like Corey Joseph, like 30 minutes a game. Like this team just didn't have that much talent beyond the starters. Mm-hmm. The bench was just not deep. And, you know, like there are things like I do wish like you know Luke wouldn't do like maybe run a bit more of an imaginative offense even though I think the offense overall is fine but like you know I don't know why the defense is as bad as it is but like you you got to get the play, players to play a little more defense although there's a lot of a lot of that has to be on the players as well and then like the minutes management like just running guys into the ground I felt like I, I'm just not a big fan of that, you know, Thibodeau philosophy where you play your starters like upwards of 35 minutes like each. I, 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 that's the only thing I have to say about Luke. I think overall he's fine. And, you know, the the team has not quit on him. And De'Aaron Fox apparently has been one of his biggest, like, you know, supporters in the locker room. So he's doing something right. And I hope that, you know, I, I don't I'm not saying I hope he stays, but like. I don't think he deserves to get fired for this year. Yeah, I mean, if he fixes those like little problems that he has with our uh, team with the time management and defense, I for next season, of course, uh, I wouldn't mind keeping him around, to be honest. But yeah, we'll have to see for next season and how he runs it. Yeah, um, again... It's sad that we didn't win the, these two games. You know, we, we it like it would lead to a very exciting end to the season, but it is what it is. Like, you know, I'm glad that the Kings, you know, stood stood strong and just like don't give not give up and just play some ugly, ugly basketball. Like these guys are still out there playing hard, and it speaks a lot to the spirit of this team. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, I feel like we could win that Utah game. We'll we'll see. I don't know who's going to be out for Utah, to be honest. So I did look at the standings. They have literally nothing to play for because there's no way that Phoenix can get the first seed anymore. So I imagine they're going to sit out some guys. Yeah, let's, let's see. We'll see. I mean, I feel like we'll play uh, even harder for that last game to get an extra dub. Let's see. What is our uh, standing right now? We are the oh boy I don't have it up okay we are oh we're actually below uh, New Orleans right now although they're losing to the Warriors right now although they still be above us because they have a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. So right now we're 31 and 40 I believe after the second Memphis game. So yeah, well we'll see. Uh, I am currently on Tankathon. And uh, 
we are in the ninth and tenth spot right now. Now, remember, I did do kind of a not a breakdown, but like just a little bit of research, kind of showing um, just kind of the weird odds of the, this these new flattened uh, lottery odds. And I said the sweet spot is in that ninth and tenth spot. Things are currently in the ninth spot. We have a 20% chance of getting the top four and a 4.5% chance of getting number one. Well, we'll have to see. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kind of shrugging right now. And let me just sim the lottery. We did not get in the top uh, four, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying it's it's a, you know, like a lot of people have been saying on Twitter, like, do not reward the thunder. Or just losing this many games, the, the basketball god should punish that kind of basketball. I mean, if you, I mean, if the basketball gods want to reward a team for you know sticking it to the very end. I mean, Kings have been playing really hard. Like, you know, you know, like maybe we deserve a little bit, a little bit of you know reward for doing that, and not just like throwing, you know, throwing the towel in like halfway through the season. Yeah, can we, you know, possibly get that first pick, you know, because it's been a while. It's, it's been a while. I just got a three and four, <laughs> um, not back to back, but like we, you know, it's not, it's not very un, it's not uncommon and unfathomable that that will get in the top four. Whether we get the first pick, that is going to be interesting. I don't think we'll. Part of me thinks we won't get number one, but like I think we'll sneak into the top four. I just got the second pick. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we'll see because uh, <laughs> I I can't wait for those uh what you call water yards to come out. Let's see. Oh, aren't you aren't you also excited that we're gonna do draft breakdowns? Oh boy, yeah, I forgot. I don't know what like should we do. Let's just say what top ten. I'm pretty sure. Uh, well. I think we're gonna go at least top fifteen just because just to kind of go through some of the prospects. But instead of doing one big draft, we're actually gonna split it up because that was a two-hour podcast, and oh, man, that was that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we're gonna we split it up. Uh, yeah, we were definitely tired by the second half. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what what position would you prefer for this draft if we weren't going to be top five wing just we need a we need another wing like i'm like i'm not a big fan of drafting a a point guard like i'm not the biggest fan of Suggs. i don't know if you've watched any i don't know if you've paid attention to him but like Suggs is too small for my liking but kings are not in a position to like say oh he i would like we need a we need to pick someone for fit like if if Suggs is there somehow when the Kings pick, you you take him. But I'm not going to be the biggest fan of drafting another guard, especially if he's like under six five. Mm. Yeah, I guess we'll see because we already have enough small guys in our team, and yeah, we do need bigger men. Uh, I wonder. Hmm, I I guess Damian Jones will be our. Uh, six man uh, big man for a while since i don't know what's going to happen with hassan yeah um so i i just think yeah you, you can never have too many ball handling wings especially in this draft where like a lot of the wings can shoot or mm-hmm. actually no, no there's actually quite a few that can't shoot but like i just think you know the, that's where the league is moving 
Like, you just need, like, big wings that can guard, like, you know, one through four, or at least two through four. And, you know, you can never have too many of those guys. And Monty seems to favor those guys. And, you know, Louis King's a good example. Like, you know, six, eight wing with a seven-foot wingspan, like, versatile. Like, he loves those kinds of guys. And there are quite a few guys in this draft. Like, I, I'm becoming a really big fan of Moses Moody right now. Um, and who's the other guy? I think Zaire Williams is another guy I really like. But... Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll look into some of the players and dick of uh, any wings. But, I mean, if I uh, come across a guard, I mean, I, of course, I'm going to uh, talk about the guard if I do like him. And if you can they... take care of the guards, I'm not interested in guards. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, we, we did, you know, talk about... Uh, or like you know, did a uh, draft pod all about wings, and all of a sudden we uh, we got Tyrese. <laughs> so. I know we didn't even do Tyrese because I he was one of those weird ones where like he he was projected to go in the top five, and I was yeah. just like I don't want to trade up for him. Although to be fair, I didn't even research him, but like that that draft was interesting because anything it was basically. Well, actually, no, Wiseman wasn't even a lock. I think the only real lock was Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball. And, like, everyone else from 3 to 12 was, like, all over the place. I so mean, that's why that's why I got confused during that draft. Both Chicago and Spurs took, you know, picks that we thought we were going to get. Then all of a sudden, yep, we ended with Tyree. I mean, Patrick Williams going four was wild to me. Like, yeah. I mean, like, don't don't get me wrong. He's been good, and he's probably going to be really good in the future. But, like, man, number four in that, I, I never would have guessed he would have gone four. Like, maybe, like, eighth or something would have made sense. But, man, and then all of a sudden Tyrese dropping to us for very confusing reasons. Like, Tyrese has said, like, he didn't, you know, he didn't tell teams not to draft him. They just kept passing on him, I guess. But I don't even know if to believe him or not. Uh... Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, he does like it here, so yeah, we're lucky to have him here and hope that he stays here for a long while. Yeah, me, hopefully, because he, you know, any team, like especially if you're a winning team, you need a Tyrese on your team. And like he is a foundational piece. Like he might not be your second or third. He'll probably be your fourth, third or fourth best player, but he fits anywhere on any team. Like looking back, I always said like the Warriors probably wish they got the fifth pick instead. Hmm. Instead of the second. Because Tyrese fits their team so well. And don't get me wrong, like Wiseman probably will be will probably be better than Tyrese in the future, but like he's not been good this year and like a lot of people wish they took Lamelo Ball, but like the consolation prize between that would be Tyrese Halliburton at fifth or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean also the Knicks, like they chose uh I already forgot his name. Obi instead, Ty- yeah, Obi Toppin instead of Tyrese. And, you know, Tyrese would could have fit in there, too, since uh, I already forgot the guard's names. Payton. Uh, yeah. Oh, I thought it was Payton. Well, Alfred Payton. Well, he's the guy that all, hate, all Knicks fans kind of hate, to be oh. honest. Because they want Emmanuel quickly to play. That's uh, That's true. He's still coming off the bench. I mean, it, I, that talk about in, uh, interesting, like, I, I forgot what number, Eman, I think it was number 20, but, like, the fact that Emmanuel quickly is a rotational player and Obi Toppin isn't, wow. 
talk about man, let's talk about disappointing because like <laughs> the thing with Obi Toppin was like, oh, he's old, so he's he he'll be ready to play day one. That is that was not the case. He was not ready. Yeah, well, we'll see about him because I mean that's also a person that uh, we talked about in the draft pod uh, last year as well. Yeah, I mean, I was saying, I was just saying that defense was atrocious, but that's yeah. not. I don't even know if that's the issue, but you know, it's uh, yeah, he's yeah, he's not. I mean, like, it's not fair to judge rookies in their first year. If they're bad in their first year, it doesn't mean anything really. So we'll see what he turns out to be. Maybe if he finds another situation, he can figure it out. But we'll see. Uh, New Orleans is beating the Warriors right now. Just oh hilarious. really? Just, oh, what the heck? Okay, no, uh, Warriors just went back went up by one. Um, uh, anything else you want to talk about? Mm, not that I know of, but yeah, well, let's see. When is the Utah game? It is on Sunday, so two days from now. Okay. I guess, yeah, nothing else that I could think of unless you have something. Uh, I, I do. So I just, I guess quickly, not shout out. That's a weird way to say it. But like, we do want to um, talk about New Jack. He just passed the, well, we were just notified that he passed away from a heart attack. And uh, New Jack is a wrestler that is very memorable, to say the least. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest, not, wasn't really the biggest fan of him. Although he was a fascinating guy in terms of just how fucking crazy this guy was like dark side of the ring did an episode on him and i thought it was one of the funnier episodes or one of the more interesting episodes where he literally admitted to wanting to kill a guy like during a match and yeah it's um you know i it's kind of it was surprising he's he, i think he was only 57 or 52 he was really he was pretty young and uh yeah um it's unfortunate that he died and you know, I guess rest in power to New Jack. Yeah, I mean, put all my condolences on him, and you know, yeah, I I didn't watch too much of him because I only heard of a lot of, let's just say, a lot of controversial stuff that he has done on the ring. Yeah, and like, I mean, some, I mean, ECW was a wild place back in his day, and like, mm-hmm. you know, he was somehow he was crazy even in those places, but he actually did. Like, it does overshadow that he was, like, you know, like, in ring-wise, he's nothing to kind of, nothing to marvel at, but, like, he was actually really talented on the mic. And I still can't get over, like, him and Smoky Mountain Wrestling and working for Jim Cornette and basically just constantly trying to rile up these white people and drawing just massive amounts of heat by just, like, essentially playing to racism. And like these, let's be honest, some racist-ass white people, like, like playing to that crowd, like masterfully cutting these great promos and just the ability to rile up a, a crowd like that has not really been seen since like, you know, you know, MJF is the only other guy that I could think can rile up a crowd like that. But man, like, it's unfortunate that he'll be more or less remembered for being a crazy motherfucker, like that basically shot on a lot of guys and, uh. Mm-hmm. But he, he was actually, you know, he had some bright spots in his career. And then, yeah, rest in power, uh, New Jack. Yeah, I wonder if he'll be put in the Hall of Fame. I feel like he would. No. In WWE uh, Hall of Fame? No. Hmm. Maybe in the TNA. He wasn't in the TNA that long. Like, I don't know, maybe at some point, like, I mean, WWE has some, pretty, honestly, some pretty in 
interesting people in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Donald Trump is in the Hall of Fame, by the way. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean... not like it, it's just whoever Vince likes, and I don't even know if Vince knows him to be honest. So probably not. But you know, like he is definitely a guy that would definitely be remembered in wrestling internet history. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me of all the weird the, the Hall of Famers. Do you know Do you know Drew Carey? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, he, I, when they inducted him, I was like, well, did he do anything other than the 01 Rumble? And yeah, he was only in the 01 Rumble. That was it. Yeah, that's that's what the uh, one weird Hall of Fame uh, inductees I remember. Uh, other than Donald Trump, I, Donald Trump, I don't even remember what, what he did besides shave a man's head. <laughs> that's about it. I mean, that that was, like, one of the biggest drawing WrestleManias, and a lot of it is due to Trump. Like, hit, love him or hate him, the man is a draw. Like, mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it is it is what it is. Like, I mean, the WWE Hall of Fame is just weird, again. It's, uh, like, I'm not the biggest fan of, you know, like, Ultimate Warrior being in it, <laughs> to be honest. Like, he's done some pretty nasty shit back in his day. But I understand why he's in there. And, yeah, I, unfortunately, like, I mean, I don't, I'm not putting him in the Chris Benoit category, but like he's, I think I think he just hasn't been in the WWE long enough, and I don't think he's been in any other promotion long enough. He was in ECW, like unless maybe like ECW wants to do something, just honor him. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Yep, and that's it for uh, this episode. Um, yeah, unfortunately the Kings do not. Uh, you know, break their playoff drought, or at least have a chance to break their playoff drought. But it's good to see that there is resilience in this team, and that they didn't just give up on Luke. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, we'll see in the off season what has drawn up for next season. And yeah, but well, it's not the last episode, but I, but we do have plans for the summer. We uh, we're I haven't actually told you this, but we will be going over 2002 Game Six. <laughs> against the Lakers. Oh, man. I thought we did that already. <laughs> oh, we did game seven. Oh, I see. Oh, and we'll probably boy. do game five, too, because game five is another game where a lot of Lakers fans actually complain about that game. And I imagine had the Kings won that series, game five, it wouldn't have been as infamous as game six, but it would have had some level of infamy. Oh, yeah. We'll see. And of course, we'll be doing draft stuff, and you know, but I have a I have a backlog list of you know ideas for what to do um, during the off season. So we will be around, although we won't not be coming in like you know every few days. We'll probably do maybe two episodes a week, maybe one, probably end up being one, just because honestly, there I don't think there's enough content. But like we will be around, and yeah, um, you know, stay tuned with us. Uh, again, I I gave you guys. Uh, our email last episode. So do feel free to email us at kingstherapypod at gmail.com. That's kingstherapypod at gmail.com. All one word. Um, yeah, e- email us your questions or give a hell, give us a good um, review on Apple Podcasts. That'd be nice too. But, you know, h- however you want to get in contact with us, give us some ideas. And yeah, we'll be around. Um, the, you know, I know the NBA is going to have their off season, but we have no off season. We will be here. Th- 365 days a week oh yeah i know for oh, sure. a year a year sorry yeah i know for sure i'll be emailing <laughs> sat king's pod, ah, king's I pod. 
kingsverybot at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, I get it mixed up too. Honestly, I had to look it up before I actually said it. Um, it yeah, it's not the. I forgot why I didn't just put sacking therapy, but it, yeah, it's kingstherapypod at gmail.com. Yeah, I'll be for sure emailing that. Did I already say that? Shoot. Yeah, you did. Okay. All right. Uh, we're, well, we're running out of gas, so we're going to cut it off right here. We'll see you guys uh, after the Jazz game on Sunday. Yeah. We'll see you guys later.